Amen. Thank you very much. Amen, indeed. Well, again, we are glad that you are here with us. Last week, I began uh, speaking to you on the topic that you are more than just a pretty face. Do you remember that? I believe that it's important to know where you come from. How many of you believe that? Do you think that it's important to know where you come from? It's important to know because it helps you to know where you're going, to understand how you are in certain aspects of your life. And I believe not only is it important to know culturally and family-wise, but it's important to know from the very beginning where we've come from, to understand who we are and how God has created us to be. Would you stand as we read God's word? If you didn't listen to part one, then you can do so. Maybe this week you can find uh, that part one message on YouTube. Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 says this, Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are indeed our creator, our sustainer, all that we need. And we pray that you would open up our hearts and our minds to hear from your spirit. May you speak and give us wisdom and understanding. And so we just ask for your blessing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Feel free to be seated. Last week I explained to you that we as human beings are made up in three parts. Body, soul, and spirit. All right? And today I'm going to go into a little further to give you um, some, some more details about those three aspects and then how they work together. So as you know, the human body, the first thing that we see on ourselves and on other people that we encounter is our outward physical appearance, or the Bible sometimes explains this as the outer being or the outer man. It is the visible external aspect of a person. It is the thing that we see and we experience the world through our body. And so it's basically like a shell. If you've ever eaten a Kinder Surprise, think of it as that chocolate, that hollow chocolate shell, but the real prize is what's inside, right? What's inside of the Kinder Surprise. As I mentioned last week, through our bodies, we function using the different senses that we have. So we use our, our sight, our hearing, our taste, our sense of smell, and our sense of touch to experience the world around us through our senses and through those abilities. We experience things around us. It is through these points of connection that we connect to the world and we're able to connect to other people physically. Are you with me so far? All right, through those senses. These points of connection, though, also can bring with them, as we experience the world, keep in mind where we need to be careful how we experience the world because it can bring with it sinful desires of the flesh. And we need to be careful with that. Here's what it says. Galatians chapter 5, verses 17 to 21. It says, For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. 
For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. So here are the works of the flesh. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of rave, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. You see, it is important that we use our bodies and we use the ability to connect with the world around us to do so in a way that honors God. Because God has given us these bodies and he expects that we use it to honor him. It's also important to know that as believers, we are also referred to as temples of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit lives within us. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 says, Don't you know that you yourselves are temples of God's Spirit? He dwells in your midst. You see, when we accept God's gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, he comes and his Holy Spirit indwells in us. Today, we talk about Pentecost. That's exactly what Pentecost is. The Holy Spirit coming, or sometimes he's called the Comforter, comes and he dwells within us as believers to lead us and to guide us and to help us. And so we must take care of these bodies. We must take care of them in practical ways in our everyday life. And here's just a few practical things for us to take care of our bodies. Practicing good hygiene, keeping it clean, right? You would think that it's a given, but sometimes people need a reminder. Keeping it clean. Avoid substances that can cause you harm, cause your body physically harm. Smoking, drinking, um, drugs, different things, non-prescription drugs, or even abusing prescription drugs. We have to be careful. Avoid self-harm. Eat proper meals. Keep active. Get regular checkups at the doctor, dress appropriately, avoid all sexual sin, that is any kind of sexual activity outside of marriage. You see, we need to keep our bodies pure, we need to do our best to take care of the bodies that God has entrusted to us. So that is our physical body. Then we look at the soul that God has given us, the soul that we have that is within us. Now, some of you might wonder, well, what exactly is the soul and what does the soul do? The soul is basically what gives us life, okay? It's basically what gives us life. Soul is translated from the word I talked to you about last week, psyche, and that's where the word psychology may come from. And so if you think of psychology, it is the scientific study of the mind and behavior, how we behave, how we act, how we think. Your soul is basically you. It is who you are as a person. It consists of your identity, your personality, your character, your emotions, your will, your intellect, your conscience, 
All that you are is within your soul. So if your soul leaves your body, then the body is just a mere shell that is in front of us. Do you understand that? So in order for the body to become alive, the soul needs to be within the body. Make sense? The soul needs to be in the body in order for it to come alive, to give it life. Simply put, your soul is like the control center of your body. It is your personality. It is everything wrapped up in one, your mind, your will, your behavior, all that you are within one. The soul of a person is where we make all our decisions, whether good decisions or bad decisions, that's where we make them. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. You see, it's with our souls that we can choose whether we're going to give in to the desires of our flesh, the desires that we want that are within our body, or the desires of God's spirit, the desires that we know that God wants for us. So we have the ability within us to choose to make that choice. And so God urges us, if we walk by the Spirit, if we give over to Him, then He will help us to live a life that is pleasing to Him. We need God's help to walk by the Spirit. Because so often, temptation comes our way. It comes to tempt us, and that is what uh, we want to give into to satisfy the desires of the flesh or desires of the body causing us to give into them leads to sin. That's why Jesus said to his disciples in Mark chapter 14, verse 36, he says, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. You see, the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. The flesh is weak because the flesh wants what the flesh shouldn't have. There's the sinful desires of the flesh, but God says to watch and pray, to be mindful, to be alert, to be on guard, because there are things that we will desire and things that we will want that we know are not good for us, that we know we should stay away from, that we know are sinful and displeasing to God. And so God says, walk by the Spirit, because the Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You see, when God created Adam and Eve, he had full fellowship with them. But when they sinned, Adam and Eve broke the spiritual connection that they once had with God. So I need you to follow me here, okay? Because body, soul, pretty self-explanatory. But now we're getting into the spirit part of it. So they had full connection with God, full access to God, in other words. But sin caused that connection to be broken, and so they no longer had that full access to God, leaving them spiritually disconnected. Are you following me? Good. Leaving them spiritually disconnected. That's why God said not to eat from this certain fruit because he wasn't necessarily talking about the physical death that they would eventually experience, which they would, but he was more concerned about the immediate spiritual disconnection, the spiritual death that they were going to experience if they ate from the fruit. So they ate from the fruit, leaving them spiritually disconnected from God. 
So because we are born into a sinful world, we're born spiritually disconnected from God. Okay, I'm trying to really help you to understand this as best as I can. We're born spiritually disconnected from God. That means that we do not have a personal connection to him. That doesn't mean that we can't hear from God if we're not a Christian. That doesn't mean that God can't speak to us, that God can't use us, that God can't do certain things in and through our life. But that connection to him gives us a personal relationship with him. Okay? So that's been broken. That's why... In order to get that spiritual connection, the Bible talks about us being spiritually reborn. Have you heard that term before? We often call it uh, a spiritual being spiritually reborn or born again. Jesus said, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water. That is the physical birth that he's talking about. And the spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. You must be born again. You see, my Bible doesn't say you must go to church every Sunday. It doesn't say that you should pray a certain amount of times a year. It doesn't say that your parents should be Christian. It doesn't say you should wear a cross or put a fish on the back of your car. It says you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it is going. So you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. You see, it is a, a mystery because we cannot see the Spirit. We cannot see the Spirit of God, but we understand that it exists. God explains it to us, and he tells us that it exists. When our spirit is born again, when it is connected back to God, it allows us direct access to God. It allows us access to have a personal connection, a personal relationship with him. And that's what God desires, that we have that personal relationship with him. So I'm going to explain this to you. Your life is like a cell phone. All right. How many of you have a cell phone? Most people do. Okay. So here we go. Let's hope this makes sense. So each phone looks different, right? Some are big, some are small. They're different colors. They're different brands. They're all different. Okay. So this is my cell phone right here. So each phone is different, and it has different abilities as well. With some phones, you can maybe do more because of the features that it has that others don't have. So this phone itself is like our human body. All shapes, all sizes, all colors, all different things that we can do, different abilities, different um, things that we can do with it. But you see, this phone is really just a shell without the system inside of it. Do you understand that? So if there's no system inside of it to make it work, it's really useless to me. But it's the system that is inside of it, the applications, the, the, the system that is making it work, the network that causes us to be able to use this phone. Are you following me? 
All right. So the system inside of it with the network that gives us the ability to connect to other people, right, to call and to text and to do all of those things is like our soul, that system that tells us all the things we need to do, that has the ability to store data, to remember things, to, to use it, to connect to others. That's like our soul. Now, you can use this system just fine, and, and this system works great for the uh, way that it was intended to be used. But now imagine connecting your phone to the internet, right? How many of you use the internet on your phone? Whether that is connecting through Wi-Fi or you know, your regular data plan or whatever that is. So look, think of it like you're connecting your system, your phone, to the internet. Now, can you see the internet? No. So, so where's the internet? We don't really know, right? We don't know where the internet is, but we know it exists. How do we know that it exists? Because of the evidence that it produced. When I type it into my phone, Google tells me what I need to know, right? When I put an address in, Google tells me how to get there. I don't know where that came from, but it tells me where to go. So there's evidence that shows that the internet exists. The same way the spirit, we don't know what that looks like. We can't see evidence. We can't see the spirit, but there's evidence of it because we see what it produces. Are, are you sticking with me here? And so with the internet, it opens us up to the whole world, the world wide web. That's what the internet is. And on the internet, you can learn so many things. You can explore. There's so much on there that I'm sure, you know, you haven't even touched yet. And so imagine surfing the internet or browsing the internet, you know, on an unsecured uh, site or connection. Have you ever, has that ever happened to you? If you try to connect to a public Wi-Fi setting, to public Wi-Fi, have any of you ever seen that message to say that it's like an unsecured connection? Meaning that it's, it's public, it's, it's open. So I do online banking on my computer and even on my phone, I do online banking. But I would never trust, you know, going into McDonald's and using public Wi-Fi to do my banking. Do you understand what I'm saying? You know why? Because it's an unsecured uh, a network. It's an unsecured connection. In our spirits, we have to be careful to understand that we open ourselves up spiritually to so many things. And if we are not on a secured connection to God then we are opening ourselves up to spiritual hackers, to spiritual viruses, to spiritual threats that can come our way. You see, God is that secure connection that we can trust. God is that secure connection that allows us to operate and to experience the spiritual world in a safe way where he is protecting us and helping lead us and guide us. Did that example make sense? Did that? Did, did, did that? Okay. Sometimes I wonder. It makes sense in my head. I don't know if it makes sense to you. So the spirit known as the inner being or inner man is that inward, invisible, internal, spiritual aspect of a person. It is that thing that we cannot see, but it is how we connect to God. 
It is how we spiritually connect with God in order to have a personal relationship with him. But in order to have that personal relationship with him, it has to be activated to get that connection to him. We need to activate that connection by being born again, spiritually reborn. You see, the Bible talks about the fact that people who are not spiritually reborn, people who don't have that spiritual connection with God, don't necessarily understand spiritual things. So sometimes when we talk about things, people don't get it. Sometimes when we open our Bible and and, and we try to read it, it doesn't make sense to us because we're reading it through our human eyes instead of our spiritual eyes. We, we think it doesn't make sense or it's not relevant or it doesn't apply to us or these spiritual things don't make sense. The sacrifice God made on the cross, it doesn't make sense. I don't understand why I need to be saved. I don't understand this. I don't understand that. Because it's through the Spirit that God reveals certain things to us. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 says, But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. That is because God says that he is spirit. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. So what that means, if you, ever, if you never knew what that means, we must worship God in spirit and in truth. The truth is what we profess, right? The truth is what we say, the things that we say, the things that we do. God doesn't want us to just feel, just doesn't want us to say. He doesn't want us just to say and, and to say it with just our lips, but he wants us to truly live it and believe it and be changed by it. He wants us to worship him in spirit and in truth. You see, God is so gracious and he wants that deep connection with us. He wants that spiritual connection with us. The spirit is the part where we get spiritual discernment, peace, and revelation from God. And like our, spirit, like our bodies, our spirit also has desires. Did you know that? That your spirit has desires? And your spirit has desires that are both good and both evil as well. That's why we are to be filled with the fruit of the spirit. Because these are the things that God desires for us to be filled with. So that we would desire the things of God's spirit and not the things of the flesh. Romans chapter 8 verses 13 to 14 says, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you live by the Spirit, sorry, but if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Are you being led by God's Spirit? Are you being led by His Spirit? You see, when we have God's Spirit within us, we can be led by His Spirit. We have two choices as human beings. Our two choices, the choice that we make within our soul, the system of the body, is to give in to the desires of the flesh, the the worldly desires, the things that we want to gratify ourselves, the things that make us feel good as human beings. One choice. Or the second choice 
is that we can live by the Spirit. We can give into the desires of God's Holy Spirit, and we can allow Him to take control. You see, surrendering ourselves to God essentially means allowing the Holy Spirit to take control. It means allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us, to guide us, to help us to make decisions, to help us. You know, spiritual discernment, spiritual discernment we can only have within our spirit when we have the Spirit of God within us. We can discern and know This is why it's so important that we understand that God's Spirit needs to dwell within us as believers in order for us to experience that fullness of God because there's a battle that's going on within us. There is a battle between the flesh and the Spirit, and we need God's help to fight that battle. We need God's help to live according to the Spirit. Today, as I said, is Pentecost Sunday. It is on this day that we remember that the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, has come. God has made available this to each one of us who believes in him. You see, God is a personal God. He is a God who loves you. He is a God who desires to have a relationship with you. And you may have been told many times in your life that someone loves you, but when you truly experience the love of God, you understand his agape love, his unconditional love, his love that never changes, that is unconditional, that is not based on what you do or don't do. God simply loves you because you are his child. God simply loves you because he desires to have a relationship with you. It is a love that causes him to leave the 99 and run after the one. It is a love that he doesn't leave alone, but he chases us down and he continues to ask us. He doesn't leave us alone. You see, God's love is never ending. It's overwhelming and he desires to have that relationship with each one of us. Have you experienced the indwelling of the Holy Spirit? Have you experienced that personal connection with God? You see, before we are born again, we have a spirit, but it's disconnected from God. Today can be the day where you make that personal decision for yourself to say, God, I want to connect to you. God, I want to connect to your secure network. God, I want to have a relationship with you. God, I want to hear your voice. I want to allow your Holy Spirit to come and live within me and to have a relationship with you in order to lead me and guide me. I surrender myself to you. You see, Jesus has given us that opportunity. God's Spirit can help give us victory in our lives. God's Spirit can help give you victory over addictions. It can give us victory over unforgiveness. It can give us victory over anger and bitterness. It can give us victory over um, all the different things that we face. Sexual sins, addictions, it can give us a victory over gratifying the desires of the flesh. You see, when we have God's Spirit... We have a power that we cannot explain. God is able to help us. Have you made that decision for yourself?
Because today can be that day where you know for sure that you are spiritually reborn, that you are born again, and that you are a child of God. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you, God, that you have given us the opportunity to have your spirit come and live within each one of us. And so, Father, we pray that you would help us, oh God, help us to live according to your spirit, help to live according to your leading. We pray that you would help us to not gratify the desires of our flesh, but to truly walk in your spirit. Lord, we pray that you would help us in every aspect, every area of our life. We ask you to come and cleanse us, to make us clean and to forgive us, oh God. Father, I pray for friends here and online who may never have made that spiritual connection with you before. I pray that you would place within them a longing and a desire to connect with you. I pray that, Father, you would help them to truly make that personal decision, oh God, to have you come into their hearts, come into their lives. Lord, we thank you that you love us so much, that you are a personal God, and that you care. And so we give you praise and thanks for who you are. We thank you for your sacrifice that you made on the cross of Calvary in sending Jesus to die in our place so that we could be forgiven, so that we could receive the gift of salvation, and so that we can live for eternity in your presence. And so, Lord, we bless your name. We thank you, O oh God. May you turn our eyes upon you, upon your cross, and we thank you for this opportunity of worshiping you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, amen. My friends, today we have the opportunity of celebrating our faith through the Lord's Supper, and our worship team is going to sing this beautiful hymn, Jesus Paid It All. And then after that, we will partake of the elements. And so if you have not yet gotten a, a drink and a, a, a cup, if you're at home, then you can get that. If you're here in the sanctuary, then you can just slip your hand up and one of the ushers will come. But this celebration of faith is for anyone who is truly trusting in Jesus. If you have been spiritually reborn, then we invite you to participate and partake of these elements as we celebrate our faith. Let us stand and let us sing. <laughs> 